What's up guys, Four Corners here. We are back, uh, four games into Summer League, and we have a new guest, Bobby, Bobby Meyer, the uh, big guy on Twitter. What's up, how you doing? Not much, Ray, Peter, how you guys doing? Thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to talk some nuggets, man. Do it all day. For sure, for sure. Uh, and that's, um, if you don't mind me sharing, it's B-O-B-B-Y-M-I-R-E on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, that would be appreciated for sure. And uh, obviously, I'm Ray, one of your hosts. You can find me at my uh, Ray Von Hackshaw, my name. And then we also have uh, Peter, Bucketson's 88. How you doing? Great. You know, it's Friday, ready to start the weekend, talk some nuggets. What could be better? Nice, nice little uh, capstone to the week for sure, for sure. And, and speaking of capstones, we I think we just had our last summer league game. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to the playoffs. Is that is that is that a fair fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I really don't care if we go to the summer league playoffs or not. Like, would we make, if I would I watch it? Of course, but <laughs> hey, is it critical to you? I understand. I've, I've seen enough. Nobody's okay, gonna remember yeah. this game in, in two days. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It has been 15 minutes, and I think I'm slowly, it's, it's just flying away. Uh, but I do have one question. How do they even determine the playoffs for Summer League? Point Is it like the, uh, oh, it's point differential? Okay, yeah. so we're definitely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, Nuggets just lost by a decent margin. They still held them under, though. Only gave up 97 to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers Summer League team. And that means they are two and two for summer league, which, you know, does record matter a little bit, not too much. Like you said, we'll forget about it. Uh, but we're here to just talk about our feelings, talk about reactions. And, but first Bobby, uh, we kind of want to, you know, introduce yourself, tell us about, uh, your kind of background as a basketball fan, as a Nuggets fan, as a fan of life. Yeah. So basketball is probably one of my few passions in my life. My, uh, my dad played in college. So right away, I was introduced to the sport at a very young age. Like I had a little mini hoop at like three years old. I would Ooh, shoot around. Where did he play? I uh, played in Manhattanville, uh, D3 school in New York. Um, nice. So I was introduced to the game at a very young age. Uh, then I started playing myself when I was, uh, I think, in second or third grade. I started playing. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I started watching professionally, or like the NBA, around that time. And it dates back to when I was, I think, four years old. I went to a birthday party. And the cake at the party had a bunch of had each slice of cake had an nba team on it and the slice i got was the nuggets so when i was like interested in watching basketball i was like oh i'll just watch the nuggets because i'm from connecticut so i'm not from the Denver right. area so like i wouldn't just watch the nuggets like that so that's so when, I, when it was time for me to watch the nba i was like oh i'll just watch this team and that was when i think we just traded for Allen iverson around that time um so that's when i started watching the team and then i've been a fan ever since um, yeah, so that's my story with, and obviously I kept playing basketball up, up through high school. Um, now, now that I'm almost done with college, I've been playing, uh, intramural basketball in college. It's so I, I love basketball. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's always interesting to hear people's kind of backgrounds and yours seems pretty, uh, serendipitous. So I'll, I'll say that. Bobby, you just gave me a flashback. I remember when we traded for Iverson. I was watching ESPN and like came on the crawl. You know, they still had like the updates that way. And this was before smartphones. I literally started calling my friends. I was like, yo, we just traded for Iverson. <laughs> oh my God. It's definitely one of the high points. I feel like if, if you're a Nuggets fan, we don't get many of those like 
no moments of hype and joy and excitement of a player that we're about to get if and that i think the sense. only other one i could think of is mpj the draft night of mpj that oh was my like god yes that's definitely one of them that's definitely one of the <laughs> high points in terms i, I of could hype. not believe it as it was happening when the clippers really? passed on him a second time i was like wait a minute this can't be right and then really? we took him i was just like tim conley forever unbelievable but yeah the weird thing about the iverson trade was if you guys remember it was like right after Melo punched the guy at the garden and got suspended mm -hmm. so he was out for like the first 10 games of the iverson era yeah i mean don't pick fights with nba players it doesn't seem like a good idea i, I just feel like if you're in a general population you're probably not you're probably not ready uh, and this was david stern's nba so he was still suspending people for like you know real amounts for of like time. small things yes for sure yeah. for sure uh, in fact, I will go on even to say, don't get into fights. It's usually not worth it. Uh, it's, it's good for your health, you know, just, uh, just stay home. You know, everyone's be happy. And We're a nonviolent podcast. Exactly. Exactly. This is, you know, that's, it's part of the Dem Denver Nuggets MO. We're very chill. You know, we're a vibe. Unless it's for Marquise Morris. Other than that. Then, uh, oh yeah. He can get oh, yeah. anytime. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally is not allowed in Denver. We'll be, we'll be stopped at the airport. So, Bobby, I'll ask you this: uh, After four leagues in summer, four games in summer league, I should say, who was the I would say most standout player for you? And so far as you know, thinking about the guys we drafted, um, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Kamagate, uh, or you know, even sign Colin Gillespie, uh, or some of the you know, maybe it's one of the players who are further down that list. I mean. Um, does anyone stand out in you for you particularly to be, I'm going to call it not MVP, but Nuggets Summer League MVP? Ooh, Nuggets Summer League MVP? It's tough because I feel like in each of the four games, there was one particular standout. Like it, it wasn't one guy across all four games. Um, like, for example, Peyton Watson in the second game when he had 19 and 7. Um, right. I think coming out in that game as well was well, he was hooping. Um, obviously, Christian Braun struggled to shoot from all four games. I know we hit a couple threes tonight, but um, uh, it's it's. I don't know if there's one particular MVP. I think you could pick one out for each individual game. Like Matt Mitchell hit five threes against the Clippers yesterday. Like it's just all around. It kind of reminds me of like the the 2013 Nuggets. There was no one superstar. Everyone was just uh, kind of a collective effort. Yeah, yeah, exactly, collective effort. Um, but obviously, you know, all first round picks are not um, all of our picks stood out in some way, shape, or form. I mean, um, yeah, Chris all had Brown's good. rebounding, his defense, um, his versatility was definitely noticeable. Like I said, his shooting wasn't up to par. He was a 34% shooter in college, um, and obviously, he struggled a lot to shoot in summer league. But I don't think that'll necessarily translate over to the NBA. I mean, you know, we saw Jamal Murray miss his first 17 shots of his career, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, his shooting yeah, at least. for sure. Um, I was really surprised that the, uh, when Peyton Watson had that breakout game, I forget who was against that second game, but uh, his offensive skill set, his tools really were broadcasted in that game. I know a lot, you know, myself included, we all get down on his, we look at his college stats and how mediocre they were, to, to put it lightly, um, at least on the offensive end. I think defensively, his potential is through the roof. I think he's one of the most um, – defensive-oriented guys we've had. We've drafted in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, at least in the Jokic era. Just his upside on the defensive end is insane. Um, and then it's Kamagate. Nice to have he, someone with tools like that, oh, for yeah. sure. 
hundred percent. And and Kamigata, he looked bigger than I thought on, when I first saw him on the court. Um, like he looked he looked a lot bigger than I thought. Uh, so I think yeah. he can definitely. I honestly at this point, I know we can talk about this later, but I think uh, we should give him the last two way at, at least right now. I think I'd rather have him than DeAndre Jordan right now. Um, <laughs> this but, is this is a, a rising in popularity take. I think. Yeah. I, um, Before just, we go. Too deep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with to Peter because I actually have I actually have a summer league MVP. But uh, yeah. Peter, do you have one? I do. So if I'm only allowed to give you my summer league MVP, I gotta give it to Colin Gillespie. I I, I like agree. He was, the guy, he was the guy steering the ship. Um, you know, and I'm actually confident in you know if there's an injury that he could hold forward enough. You know, he could he could plug the hole. You know, if there was water coming into the boat long enough right you know until we have a permanent fix you can you know bail out the rest of the water yeah we don't want him like having to start in the playoffs or anything but uh hopefully yeah, not. to me he's clear summer league mvp i was really excited you know after that second game peyton watson had to me he's the guy that clearly has the most upside and then i think christian brown is the guy that is like most polished most ready to contribute in the nba right away like i could see him playing you know in the first week if there's like nuggets have a bunch of games and need to rest guys i could see him contributing yeah no i feel you know as far as all four of our shooting guard options i actually feel like they can all play and i would be pretty comfortable with it and i'm pretty happy with that you know they're all kind of have the size that i'm looking for and they all seem like guys who are willing and able to play the right way so, so I'm pretty optimistic about that. Uh, let's talk about Colin for a second. I feel like it's not, it wasn't just his statistics because I, you know, they fluctuated a little bit, but they were pretty stable. More importantly, I think for me was the way that everyone else's game seemed to come a little bit easier when he was on the court, you know, whether it was, you know, Peyton, I think he does a great job kind of creating and, and directing traffic to some extent, but at, the same time maybe not in a full-time capacity where if he just got a little bit less pressure on him i think he was able to find a little bit more comfort where um you know when he steps off the court then it's okay peyton watson point guard it's uh adonis arms let's see what you can how you can run the show it's you know can mitchell be uh like a point forward kind of guy i'm not sure but with Colin, there was just like a calmness and a stability and a, and a steadiness to him that I think was really impressive. He, uh, the first stint he had, the first game, the first half of that game, he was a little shaky. And, and he does, you know, there are some question marks I have about his, um, he's not small. I, I want to be clear, you know, he's not, we're not talking about Faku right now. He's uh, 6'2", which I think is a little bit, it's not great size in the NBA. You know, he's about the same size as Monte Morris, for example. But what I think really impressed me with him is also his, he's a little bit stronger than Monte was when he came into the league. You know, he, uh, I think he has about 10 pounds on him or so. And I think he used it really well scoring on the interior, which is, you know, for, for a mildly undersized guard, I think that's really important. And it kind of took Monte, I know, he had to go out and make a concerted effort to learn that, right? And also, you know, just as a shooter, being willing to, you know, when guys will go under a screen, when guys uh, sag off and they're not going to respect you as a threat. I think Colin did a great job of 
you know, being able to get a shot off and be a threat from that distance. So those are the kind of the two things that make me feel like he is, is like actually ready to play. Um, yeah, Colin has very good body control. Like he stays very balanced, you know, when he gets by guys, he goes off two feet a lot, um, you know, going up strong for the finish. You know, it's funny, mm-hmm. like when we talk about a lot of different players, there's different styles, you know, we always joke about how like Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, they're always on the ground. You know, they're always falling all over the place. Colin's like, he's never on the ground at all. You know, I mean, yeah, if he's diving for a loose ball, but it's like, he's just a very fundamentally sound player. I have a, uh, I think I have like a Nuggets community-wide drinking game that we could play. Uh-oh. Speaking of being on the ground, I think it's uh, when Ismail Kamagate falls <laughs> anytime he hits the ground because I, I, I'm, I like him a lot. Uh, kind of Bobby, to your point, I felt like he is a big man. He is a capable big man in the NBA. He has a NBA body. He has a nice core. He has solid base to him, and uh, he's just strong inside, and I have a lot of respect for that. And while I do have this criticism that he does go to the ground a lot, you know, maybe he can work on his um, fluidity, uh, stability. I'm not sure exactly what balance, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think that takes away enough for me to not feel like, uh, kind of like you said earlier, that he could be the backup center for the Denver Nuggets in 2022, 2023. Uh, he has that Emmanuel Moutier syndrome. He did Moutier was the same way. He would always fall to the ground all the yeah. time. So I think it's having a plan sometimes to, you know, where, where if you're going to lead your feet, you kind of want to have like an idea of how you're going to land. And sometimes maybe if you're a little bit newer to the game and you don't have that, that muscle memory or that experience, you, you just think about the thing you're doing, you know, you think about, okay, I'm going to get the ball. I'm not thinking about how am I going to land after I get the ball, but he gets the ball. So it's fine. He's kind of like a baby deer, you know, still getting his legs under him. A thick one, but yeah, like a, like a mule deer, you know, or something like that. Not a white tail. Right. But uh, you know a lot more about deer than I do. Yeah, I spent a lot of time outside. <laughs> I spent a lot of time outdoors for sure. Uh, I've I've done. I hiked some of the Appalachian Trail. I like camping, stuff like that. So it's one of those thick deer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some deer are larger than others, and uh, yeah, they still fall I mean, the same, right? Based, <laughs> <laughs> I not not via my hand, but yeah, they do. So we got blown out. Uh, Bobby, I'll start with you. Does it matter? Do you, is it some, does it, are you, you know, are you internalizing that right now? as like, oh, wow, we got blown out in summer league. I mean, yes, it's summer league, but do you have any, does it mean anything to you? Does it have any implications as far as what you think of those guys or the team or anything like that? No, I don't, I don't think there's anything to be too worried about. Um, like you said, it, I mean, it is summer league. It's not um, anything too serious. I mean, obviously the guys want to play as hard as they can. And, you know, this is their first action of, I guess, real NBA basketball. Um, I mean, to me, summer league is a lot of, it's just glorified college basketball. A lot of the, the way the games played feels similar, obviously. I mean, cause a bunch of the players were, were just in college, but um, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, sometimes it just happens. The teams, teams just get blown out. It's part of basketball. It's part of the game. Um, it I mean, there were some bright spots. Like I said, um, Christian Brown hitting back to back threes in the second quarter after, 
what was he like one for 20 before this game i think from three yeah it's uh, nice that he see him at like one yeah because it's, i mean because i mean i you know like i said like when i would play basketball i mean this happens to a lot of shooters i mean once you, if you keep missing you, you get in your own head you get the so, lid on the there's only yeah. like a lid on the basket and right you're exactly just, yeah no i yeah, totally can't throw a ball in the game. ocean um so yeah it's probably nice it was nice to see him hit a couple um but no i i wouldn't i wouldn't like i don't know say the sky's too much away from it yeah, after a 30-point – what was it, 30-point loss? 26, 26-point loss. Something like that. Uh, I mean, I, you know, 28 points in the fourth quarter. Hey, I mean. hey, they got the Munder, though. I just want to make they it clear. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. At halftime, my goal was, okay, keep hold them under 100. Let's um, uh, let's do that. And, you know, they, they succeeded. Ray, we're a little early in the podcast for conspiracy theories, but I'm going to throw a small one at you, okay? Okay. <laughs> Some coaches – they're throwing games in summer league. You know, they're ready to get out of there. They they did what they needed to do. You know, people always famously say players don't tank. I agree with that. But it's very easy to be like, you know what? I don't need to put all the best players back in. Let's just run these guys out there and have some fun and go home. They did go deeper into the roster than I, I think in previous games. And uh, actually one of the names that kind of, I don't want to say, you know, this means anything right now but somebody who i think is going to be on my radar at least uh if he sticks on the g league team or maybe just moves around somewhere but i'm gonna butcher the name by nadai he had a, he had some nice flashes you know he, he's kind of interesting yeah, uh well that makes two of us because uh i don't either but been playing in france since uh 2017 Senegalese player kind of has, he's uh, I think 6'8", about 200 pounds, and he's got some nice mobility. He got uh, uh, some nice defensive stops and made made a nice steal and dunk on the other end that I found. I don't want to say, it, it's hard. I don't want to overreact because obviously, you know, we just talked about not taking away too much from Summer League. And I'm not going to say he deserves a two-way spot either, but at the same time, he's a guy who... You know, maybe you agree or disagree, but I have my own. He'll be in the G League. I mean, maybe he develops over time, but yeah, I, I didn't really give much thought to him. Um, I actually just thought of something. So, Bobby, four summer league games. What was so two part question? What was your initial reaction to the Nuggets trading up and drafting Peyton Watson? And then now that you've seen him four times, has your opinion changed at all? Or just like, what are your, what's your view on him, your outlook on him going forward? Yeah. So also, undrafted. what is your preferred nickname? My preferred for nickname? Oh, for, for Peyton. Peyton. Yeah. Does he, wait, does he have a couple of nicknames or is this? He has. Really? I'll let you, you can give give us your thoughts and then we'll, we'll go through the right. nicknames and uh, now, we'll, we'll come to a consensus on what the right nickname should be. Oh, now I'm intrigued. All right. But, um, but on draft night, um, I forget when did we trade for pick thirty? Oh no, sorry, that was with the Jamichael trade. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, so I initially thought we were going to use the two picks to trade up. I know there was discussions about uh, Mate and ten for KCP. Obviously, we know now that didn't happen. We got KCP a different way with Will Barton. But um, when we drafted Payne Watson, I didn't honestly, I didn't know much about him. Over the past couple of years, I've been trying to not judge draft picks the moment they happen. I did that last year with Bones, and thankfully, I was proved right to not judge because there was a lot of Bones criticism that night when he got drafted. Um, so, obviously, you know, you see a six-eight wing, um, 
from the Pac-12, and I was like, okay, this is, I mean, this is a wing. This is, you know, a six-eight wing. I said after draft night, I mean, um, say all the criticisms you want, but we walked away with three guys who are at least six-eight and above, which is like if you say that before the draft, that'd be a win based off our last couple uh, years of roster construction. Um, so I was excited for the the raw talent and capability of Peyton. Um, you know, then then I stumbled upon his college stats offensively and was honestly blown away in the worst <laughs> way possible. Um, Fair. But then I then I watched some of his defensive clips and his upside on that end, like we mentioned earlier, is just unreal. Um, like his his defensive upside is it's crazy. Like there, like I said, there's not a guy we drafted in the last 10, 15 years who has up, upside like that, in my opinion. Um, so I was stoked about it. And then after the four summer league games, I was you know pretty much shocked by the way he played in the second game with 19.7 rebounds. Um, he finished well in that second game. Obviously, you know the other three games, you saw some of those limitations um, on on the offensive end, but um, I like him. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for a project kind of guy. I mean, I think I think he's a good flyer to take on because I don't think we're going to be playing two rookies this year regardless. I mean, I think if you're a contender, you're not going to be playing two rookies normally. So I think it was mm-hmm. um, it was nice to get that, I guess, uh, I don't want to call him a safety pick, but taking Brown and potentially plugging him into the rotation and then having Peyton on the back burner. Because like I said, I don't think you're going to have two rookies playing anyway. So you might as well take a flyer on someone who has that much upside on the defensive end like, like Peyton does. So I'm... I like him. I, I think I think he has a chance to succeed on this team in a couple of years. Kind of reminds me of the now and later candies. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got we got the now and then we got the later. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, if this works out, it's going to go down as like one of the shrewdest moves in recent Nugget history. Because if you just zoom out for a sec and just look at this situation, not as a Nuggets fan, you have a guy that highly tied recruit, goes to a big-time program, can't get on the floor. Nine times out of ten, that player either comes back and to try to have a big sophomore year or transfers. When he left for the NBA after that season, my first thought was, what the hell are you doing? And then second, second off, I'm going, there's no way this guy's going to get drafted in the first round. If anybody drafts him in the first round, they're an idiot and I'm going to dunk on them. <laughs> and then he gets drafted by my team. So now I'm like, wait a minute, am I going to be a hypocrite or am I going to be open-minded here? So you just got to dunk on yourself. That's, that's the answer. Right. So, you know, I was speechless when they made that pick and everybody else was just like super upset. And I was like, hold on. We've been making mostly smart moves the last, you know, since the Conley era, basically I was like, there's got to be an angle here. And, uh, you know, listening to Calvin Booth talk during the game today made me feel much better because he brought up the point about how, you know, UCLA was really good last year. And there was plenty of games where, you know, it was a close game or they were winning. And he's like watching uh, Watson and he's on the bench, you know, standing up, cheering for his teammates, still engaged, not just pouting like five star over here, not getting on the floor. Like, why can't I play? So that's definitely good that it really seems like they did their homework on him character-wise so you know that doesn't always matter talent still matters in the nba but at least it does seem like he's he's going the right direction uh and it's tough too because ucla was coming off a final four appearance here before and just to plug him into that that's a tough not not the ideal situation for a five-star like him so um yeah i agree with that yeah so if it works out it's like amazing that they were able to identify this talent for a guy who like didn't play I'm at a point where, like, I'm willing to call it, like, an A draft in the sense that, I mean, we got the guy we need right now. We got this other guy who can be good in the future. But also, you know, kind of to your point, 
a lot of his healing, I think, is going to come from how hard he works and how engaged he's willing to stay. And every indication that I've seen is that he is going to be a guy who, like, he's going to work in the offseason. You know, he's going to spend the next, uh, what is it, September? He's going to spend the next two months in the gym on a daily basis, in the weight room on a daily basis. And he's going to keep a, a positive attitude. And I think that that is just so underappreciated I think as far as as far as professional sports go because I think uh, once you involve like the money and the fame and, and lots of these different aspects it's easy to get away from the passion about basketball but the most important thing that I want to say here today is that there is no reason to call this man Watt when you have a perfectly good Peyton Swadson next door those, those, I mean, I, he might have other nicknames, Bobby, but those are the two that I think, I, I understand the take that like some people find Watt to be fun. And, and you know what? If you're listening to this, yo, tweet at me, Rayvon Hagshaw, tell me what you think the best nickname for him is. But I got to think Swatson is a little bit cooler than Watt. but maybe if we're going for that, that like Denver irony of, hey, this is an unassuming you know, unassuming uh, talent that, you know, I, maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Hey, let's Peyton just be Watson. glad that his, let's just be glad his first name is Peyton and not Terrence, you know, then Sixers fans would uh, <laughs> call him something else. God. Uh, yeah, Peyton, Peyton Swanson reminds me a lot of Paul Trussup. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say it. Is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess okay. Um, sorry, we're, we we're a little off the rails, like, but Bobby, oh you were saying he reminds me of Paul Millsap. No, I was saying that the oh, nickname. So. Uh, oh, Kings okay. Spencer reminds me of the nickname Paul Trillsap. Oh, like Millsap. Yeah, yeah, we have Millsap, Trillsap, or Trillsap. Like whenever you, you can whenever do a you lot. Three, Paul Trillsap. Uh, yeah, no, you can do a lot with that for sure. Yeah, you can do a lot. Yeah. Okay, um, let's let's take a break. And then we'll come back and uh, talk about, you know, look ahead, look around or at the league and some of the latest NBA news, some of the most dramatic uh, free agency slash maybe they'll get traded slash maybe they won't sagas uh, of, the, of the present day. And we are back. So summer league kind of over off season trade market kind of wrapping up to some extent um first things first did you guys want to add anything about uh you know the summer league experiences as a whole or you know just other takeaways that we haven't really considered yeah i wanted to just add one last thing about uh peyton watson you were saying that you know you think he said all the right things about you know, working hard and, you know, nothing being given to him and having a good mindset. I also yeah. think it's important to remember that I think it's different for him than say like a guard coming in trying to compete with Jamal Murray or like a center coming in. It's like Nicole Jokic is our center. You know, you're not going to play ahead of him. Peyton mm -hmm. Watson is a small forward and yeah, he's not going to start from day one. But if you look at the roster, there isn't really anybody else like him on the roster. So he has to at least know himself that like, hey, there are some things that I can really bring to this team that 
you know, quite frankly, a lot of the guards just aren't capable of because they don't have that length, right? So the size, I think, and, yeah, yeah. I think he knows that if he works on his game and with the coaches, that he can be a valuable piece because there just isn't anybody else like him. You know, that was something I noticed when you texted me our roster, you know, a couple of weeks back of like, he's like the only true small forward on the roster. Yeah. I mean, Bobby, I don't know if you agree with this. I kind of feel like between Brown, Brown, uh, Davon Reed, and we have another KCP? shooting guard, KCP. Right. All those guys very much to me, they're shooting guards. You know, not really small forwards. You're not going to put them on Kawhi Leonard, for example. Right. And then we have a few guys, you know, Aaron Gordon, um, Michael Porter, who I think are mostly fours. You know, I, I, I tend to think that both Aaron Gordon and Mike kind of excel where they can have an interior presence, where they can be rebounders and, and uh, both offensively and defensively, in addition to the kind of offensive skills that they bring to the table. But if they need to, to kind of move to the three, I think all of those guys, you know, um, the shooting guards, the power forwards that we have that I listed uh, can play the small forward position, but I don't know if any of them are natural fits there. Um, Zeke Naji, I've always wanted him to be a small forward. I wish he would kind of move in that direction, but I think he's trying to move in the other direction. I think he wants to be... I don't want to, I don't think he wants to be a center. I don't think anyone wants to be a center at his size, but he's uh, closer to being a four, four and a half, I think, at this point in terms of how he is trying to build his career. So Ray, for Peyton, yeah, I can't say I disagree. I was going to say, I was going to say, Ray, did you hear Malone's recent comments about Najee? He's like, I don't want him no. to. <laughs> I mean, he's like, yeah, I want him to focus on defense and on shooting from the corner and, you know, finishing it in the rim and catching the ball and stuff like that. I think you can, uh, that's fair. Uh, I, I think you can play the three without really like doing a lot of ball handling. You know, I think about, for example, even like a Duncan Robinson, for example, he doesn't play small, he plays a two. And he's he a one or two dribble guy. guy. Yeah. Right. I think yeah, there's an idea that I had in my head that he would be kind of that, like that kind of player, you know, he has the kind of shot, he shoots the percentages to be that, but that's fair. You know, if he wants them to play the four and, and kind of stick to that, I think that's sticking to the four is probably what's best for him to be. Fair. Yes. Uh, but yeah. all this is to say Peyton Watson, he's not a four, you know, he's not, really, no. he's not an interior guy, you know, uh, and he's not a point guard and he's not a, you know, he's not like, he's not small. He is a perimeter player who is six eight and athletic and mobile, and I think that is, like you said, uh, something unique to our roster at this point. So that's exciting. I'm excited. I've complained about this for <laughs> not years, but oh, you're the leader of that pack. <laughs> Peter's nodding his head. Yeah, I, I think small forward is like a unique position in the league for sure. So to expand out from, you know, summer league. And now that I don't want to say the off season is over, but I think for the nuggets, it kind of is. We've made most of the trades that we're going to make. We've signed the players that we're going to sign outside of, I think we have a two way spot still open. There's um, 
I imagine still going to be competition in practice and throughout the off season and seeing all the little things that go into what determines who is worthy of that spot. But for the most part, I think we're done. Bobby, I'll throw this to you. If you had to give us a grade, you know, the Denver Nuggets as a whole, as far as what they've done, you know, since the season ended, how, how do you feel about it? If I had to give them a grade, I would, I'd give them an A minus. I think I would give Calvin Booth and company A minus. Um, they addressed front office addressed so many areas of need um, specifically, you know, with the Bruce Brown signing, I think he's like the perfect tweener fit for us. Um, you know, versatile defender, uh, exactly what we need, you know, put him alongside. Um, I mean, I, I'm just picturing so many different bench lineups he could be a part of. Um, obviously there's lineups he can fit in with the starters as well. I know there are some people interested in him starting at the two instead of KCP, but I think as Malone, already credited that's that spot as KCPs, which is obviously the correct decision. But signing Bruce Brown, trading, um, I, I you know, the, the fan of me hates it, but trading Will Martin and Monte Morris for KCP, although it's really sad, is the correct move. Um, again, KCP filling another void we're missing. Help, he can help out Jamal Murray in the backcourt. Um, you know, Will Barton, I think it was his time to, to move on. I think uh, his best years in a, in a Nuggets jersey was behind him at this point. Um, I mean, we saw that in the in the Golden State series. I mean, you know, just our our, our perimeter, perimeter defense was just not there in the slightest. You know, obviously, you're guarding Steph and Clay. That's in Jordan Poole. That's that's hard to begin with. But you know, you, it was just the the proof was in the pudding for that whole series, and it was kind of the, the silver lining. Um, yeah, so I think we addressed some huge needs on the wing. Um, you know, I. I have to give him the minus just for the DeAndre Jordan signing. I just, I'm still perplexed <laughs> by it. I mean, 6.01 PM Eastern time, there's a minute into free agency. I was just shell shocked. I mean, I get it. He brings in veteran leadership. I think he's friends with Jokic. Um, I remember seeing some videos with them at some all-star game or something during all-star weekend. So they're, they're friendly with each other. He's a great dude. Um, just, I don't know why he's taking up a roster spot. I don't, I don't understand. Um, there's so many different other, Backups, backup five options we could have gone to um, on the market, but you know, I, I, it's not my decision. Obviously, I don't know as, as much about basketball as the front office does, so I'm not going to judge it too hard. I'm just still a little perplexed by it. So that's the only um, doc I would give the the franchise for this offseason. But like I said, drafting six eight guys and above with all three picks, addressing needs on the wing. I think KCP was really high on a lot of uh, Nuggets fans' wish list, so. The fact we were able to pull that off, um, I know a, a lot of guys in national media were calling it a salary dump, but that's just not the case. I mean, you know, KCP is a better player than Will Barton, so you're going to have to throw in a guy like Monte Morris to, um, to to get that deal done. And I think, um, you know, Bones showed a lot of potential as a backup point guard last season, and I think I have trust in him that he can keep that up for next season and, you know, kind of take Monte's spot uh, as uh, Jamal comes back um, finally. So um, I'm really excited. I think this is one of the greatest, greater off seasons we've had in the Jokic era so far. Uh, like I said, we've, we've addressed so many different needs on both sides of the ball. Um, and I'm really excited. I think, you know, I really, I just really hope we can stay healthy this year. I know it's just been a long last two years, um, long last two playoff runs. So I'm just, I'm excited. Sure. So, so uh, to back, to piggyback off that, obviously excited with off season as we are. I've seen a lot of Nuggets fans on Twitter talk about like their different favorite lineups. Do you have one potentially like five man group that you, you thought about, you know, adding case P and Brown that maybe you're looking forward to seeing the most overall, any others? Yeah. So this is dating back to last season. I, I just can't wait to see the, the bones, Murray, MPJ, AG, Yogi's lineup. That's just going to cook. Like I'm, I'm so excited for that. Um, I've seen a couple of like different, just like 
Nuggets fans making like edits on Twitter of that lineup of that five man group. It just uh, looks so good because um, you just you think of so many games during the season where if you just you plug in Jamal, you plug in MPJ, it's just it's it's, it's game over. Like it's, it's wraps. Um, so I'm really excited for that lineup. That lineup's gonna cook offensively. Just the swagger that the swagger that lineup's gonna have is gonna be unreal. So um, and obviously the starting five: Jamal, KCP, MPJ, AG, Jokic. That's gonna be a really versatile lineup, switchable lineup. It's gonna put up a lot of points, um, a lot of good, a lot of good cutters for Jokic. I'm really excited for the Murray Jokic two man game to come back. That's just one of the greatest, most beautiful things about basketball, and uh, we have right now. So I'm really excited for that to come back. I know it's gonna take a little bit for them to readjust, I think, but that's gonna be exciting. Just having just having MPJ and Jamal Murray just makes life a lot better. So I'm excited for that. Sure does. Yeah, I think this should be a lot more fun. You know, last season, I, as much as there's a lot to say that I think was good about it, you know, Jokic winning MVP, that's awesome. I, I will, I'm going to speak for myself here. And I say, I didn't have that much fun, mm. if that makes sense. Like game in and game out, everything was a bit of a grind, you know. Every possession was kind of ugly. Knew, you knew it was a hard ceiling. That too. Uh, but yeah. even on like the day-to-day basis, it, it wasn't the most pleasurable season to watch. I'll put it that way. Um, it, there weren't a lot of blowouts. I mean, if there were blowouts, it was because we were playing blown out. But the wins that we got oftentimes came a little bit ugly, you know, if not a lot ugly. Uh, where I think kind of to your point with, you know, if you have Bones and you have Michael Porter and Jokic, I mean, uh, Aaron Gordon kind of as like the elite fill-in guy and, and Jamal kind of doing his thing. I have to imagine you can blow out some teams. You know, you can put up 130, 140, 150 points on not everybody, but some teams for sure. And I think that would be really fun. As far as like, I had your, I had the same reaction with DeAndre Jordan as you, like, okay, it's we're five minutes into this and there's all these people available, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is still, you know, he's still available as we speak. And and um, we signed one of the lesser graded players in the league, I think maybe on the bottom 10, as far as like plus minus over the past three or four years. And while that's concerning, it was very concerning for me definitely at the time uh, watching Kamigate play and hoping that maybe he can kind of be in that role gives me a little bit of optimism that maybe DeAndre Jordan is the third center and not the backup. And him just being, I guess maybe it's him taking the minimum, like maybe who else was going to take the minimum? And did they know that a bunch of other centers were not going to be signed for a long time and would still be available? I don't know if they did. So I want to give him some leeway, but that is like in an otherwise a off season that is kind of the minus for me as well and i'd probably land on the same you know kind of great um you guys see the uh the conspiracy that was going around that Jokic force management to sign jordan so um that he can boost his plus minus even more <laughs> his, <laughs> his on-off off numbers, numbers are gonna his be on-off numbers even more yeah uh <laughs> Jokic for three-time mvp let's yeah. go <laughs> i mean i kind of buy the conspiracy more of like Jeff Green, like, was telling Bruce Brown, like, you got to come, you know. Oh, yeah. And they got Jordan, and they're all that friends. All so sense. it's like, it honestly, if you told me before the offseason, hey, we could get Bruce Brown, but we got to sign Jordan, I'd be like, mm, all right, do it. You know, so 
I he was, was, you know, if he's that bad, he can still be yeah, cut. Exactly. Yeah, minimum deal. Right. Yeah. But remember, guys, there was that like 24 hour period, you know, into free agency where we were all like pulling our hair out, you know, ready to throw stuff, light stuff on fire. And then the next day we signed Bruce Brown. It's like now we're all singing Kumbaya. So I was shocked. I didn't expect a Bruce Brown signing, but I was mm-hmm. elated when I found that out. Well, and something else too, I think we should give the front office a lot of credit for getting Bruce Brown for six and a half million a year is absolute steal when you when you look at some of the other guys in the market i don't want to single them out but you know for example gary harris got 13 million a year um so getting bruce brown for half that price that's that's pretty remarkable so it's a good deal yeah yeah i think it'll and i think he'll you know after this contract he'll probably be in a good position to make more than 13 million dollars a year so i feel good knowing that you know for bruce it's probably gonna work out for him as awesome and um I, I was also a little bit low on Jeff Green being paid four and a half million dollars to be not a rebounder. And while that was concerning for me, kind of like the DeAndre Jordan situation where like, hey, the fact that Jeff was able to bring him here along with Bruce Brown uh, and, you know, bring them to that they were a package, basically. If I if I can internalize it in that way that like, hey, you're paying Jeff this much money but you know he's recruited really well for you <laughs> and uh you know if i if i imagined it as jeff making the minimum and bruce brown making nine million dollars i think that's fine you know i'm pretty happy with it overall i think um, jeff can help in spurts next year i i mean he might not be a regular rotation guy but i think there'll be plenty of games where he'll get in in like the second quarter and have a good stretch and then you know maybe he just doesn't come back in the game because you know that's just how the game is going. But if if he gets, more I think rest, about Paul Millsaps last year. Yeah, like where he, I think as long as if Jeff is fresh, you right. can get good minutes out of him. That's he yeah, can, that's where know, I was going. He'll yeah. bang in the post. He'll be fresh and that sort of thing. But if if you're if we're expecting him to be like an every night guy, I think that'll wear on him. I think he'll you know yeah. I think every for him specifically bubble wrap. You know, I mean, uh, Malone like was literally out of options. MPJ got hurt nine games in. Yeah. Vlatko eventually got hurt, and Zeke got hurt. And I think right. J-Mac even was hurt for a little bit, too. So it's like Jeff literally had to play all year. And, and now that we have uh, all these guys, I feel like even Vlatko, you know, being back, I think is a kind of a depth piece, depth piece that I think we can get value out of. And he's going to be here for three more years as, you know. I honestly his, forget uh, about him all the time, but he could have like he's the most forgotten. A couple of good games here and there. Yeah. Bobby, are you a Vlaco guy? Before we go any, before we before I may or may not kick you off the show, are you a Vlaco guy? Yes, I'm not anti Vlaco. Uh, okay, only, cool, cool. The you only anti guy on Nuggets, I think, for me was Faku. Other than that, I was <laughs> fine with anyone else. Yeah, I Just, think Faku was probably the most controversial Nugget of all time. Oh, easily. Easily. And it's only because he played. If he didn't play and if he just rode right. the bench and was just celebrating with the team, then no, there would be no controversy. But It's kind of like, like Ishmael this year. I don't know how you feel about him, but like, if he doesn't play, it's I'm happy. Yeah. It's cool. You know, yeah, It doesn't I, matter how good he is or isn't. Right. I, yeah, I, I hope he doesn't play over Bones for backup point guard. I would. I assume I he doubt would. It. You never know. Malone loves his yeah. bets, so I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another scenario in like sports history where a guy got to keep playing just because he tried hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is the pros. You have to be good. You have to. Perform. There's levels, 
right? Mm-hmm. In high school, like I was, I was that guy. I was like, <laughs> I got on the team just for like, oh, he he tries really hard. <laughs> but like, right. if we've all played sports, we've all like dealt with politics. But like, usually past middle school is like, all right, the guys that are good play. Right, right, and, and so uh, controversial player. I'll say yeah. that. To this day, um, I can't shout- believe we won a playoff series with him starting at point guard. I can't. Believe shout it. out to Argentina. So awesome. So yes. awesome. Yeah. Great food. It's just like another reason. Every time somebody brings up the Blazers, I'm just like, I'm not worried about Portland. Are you kidding me? Um, No, I'm not. I mean, Bobby, I'm curious about how you felt with this. I'm not worried, but I do think they're the best they've been in a while. They'll be the best they've been in a while. This is kind of yeah. there. So they'll lose like a, like in a, seven games in the first round instead of six? Yeah. Is that sure. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, they're kind of like a dying yeah. animal. That's one of the things. To me, Portland's situation just screams like they're they're kind of settling. Like they know Dame sells tickets. Dame wants to be there. They're not gonna, you know. What else they, can they you seem, do? Right, exactly. You know, like the trade for Jeremy Grant, pretty much. You know, you don't want to be uh, the guy who's like, you know, Dame. You know, Dame is over here like I'm loyal. You know, all these other yeah. guys. You know, they just leave their teams, but me, I'm one of the. I'm, I'm loyal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, you know what this is, Ray? This is like uh, Halloween 13. Michael Myers comes back again. You know, it's like the diehards are still watching, but everybody else knows that it's over. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I saw saw some some rumblings about Donovan Mitchell to Portland, and I was like, isn't that just Damon CJ all over again? Yeah. (laughs) Like, didn't we just do this? They uh, they're like a they're like a like an undersized scoring guard factory, right? Yeah, yeah. Anthony Simons, another one. Just, I mean, you yeah. Know, shout I, out to I their... believe I made the joke last year that the Blazers were trying to win the NCAA tournament with all these guards. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they might they might have a shot. They might have a shot. So so Bobby, if we look at the West as a whole. Like a lot of teams made moves. How how would you kind of place the Nuggets in the pecking order? It's t- it's tough to give them a firm place because a lot of it, you know, at least for the regular season, depends on where Jamal and MPJ are in their um, journeys back to the court. I know Malone alluded to the other day. I think he said that uh, Jamal is not going to be playing thirty five minutes right away, which is like you know it's fair and that's expected. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be starting like 20, 25 minutes a game, and he'll ramp his, uh, his workload up. But um. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, and if, you know, the best case scenario, everyone's healthy, Jamal's back to his form, MPJ's back to his form. Um, the new starting five uh, meshes really well, and um, our new additions, you know, also mesh really well. I think I think we're in the first tier in the West. I mean, you know, I think I think that top tier, you have to put Golden State in there as much as I hate to do it. You have to put them in there, the defending champs. Um, the Clippers, I think they're in there, assuming, you know, they're going to be fully healthy. Uh, I think we're in there, and I think... Um, that might be it for my my tier one, honestly. Um, Dallas, I don't. Dallas lost everyone <laughs> this offseason. I don't know. They did get Christian Wood, who's a large. Do you think LA is back? Uh, not LA, but the Lakers. Do you think they're like back? I know because I kind of have this sense that they've been like an every other year team. I mean, you're, you're right. They, they have, have like been. a year to not play LeBron a lot. And yeah, then history proves the other that. year LeBron plays the whole season. Um, I don't know. I look at their roster and they got younger, but their roster doesn't look, look like a roster. It looks like just a random list of basketball players. Like when you look at <laughs> they got team, younger, but did they get better? Yeah. Like it's, 
I don't know. I mean, as long as Russ is on that team, I can't put them in a title contending position. I think I think that if, if the Russ for Kyrie thing actually ends up happening, I think that changes a lot for them because um, Russ was just that bad for them last season. Um, and obviously, you know, AD was hurt. LeBron wasn't fully healthy, but, you know, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. You know, they're not getting any younger. Um, they've never had a – at least, you know, AD's never had a really um, good, uh, I don't know, health history. Um, right. So I don't know. I, I can't, you know, after two consecutive years of either first round exit or not even making the play, and I can't put them in the contending status. So um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, came back and had a better year. Um, but I can't put them in the contending tier yet. No. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at too. Like Ray, you kind of stole my thunder because I was going to say like I'm out on the Lakers right now, but I also don't believe that this roster they have currently is the same roster that we're going to see after the trade deadline, you know, mm-hmm. something weird's going to happen somehow, you know, it's the Lakers. If, if the season doesn't go well, LeBron's going to pout, you know, they don't have anything to trade really, but I mean, they do have a couple of picks and they got Taylor Horton Tucker, who, you know, obviously they think is amazing, but yeah. I have no idea what his value is around the league. Um, but yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll go for it this year. Cause LeBron doesn't have much time left. Right. It's not like he's right just content at this point to play out the string, you know, he's gunning for legacy. So I do think the Lakers will be heard from at some point. I just don't really know what that's going to look like. Oh, that, um, I mean, they'll be heard from regardless. I mean, it's just the Lakers, man. We'll, we'll yeah. be talking about them regardless. Yeah. Um, if it's not us, it'll be ESPN. It'll be yeah. Twitter. It'll be, you know. Yeah. I kind of think, yeah, I think we're in that, that first year with golden state and the Clippers and, you know, begrudgingly, I got to put the Suns in there too. I, I think those top four, you Even know, so. now getting eight yeah. back. I mean, they're still a damn good team. But uh, you know, those three teams. The difference to me, I think the Warriors are built for the playoffs. The Clippers, I just don't completely buy it. Like, yeah, they made the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago without Kawhi, even, but. I felt like they had a pretty good path, you know, playing Utah, who's like always been fraudulent. And I'm just, there's two things that I have questions about the Clippers. One is leadership. Okay. I mean, Kawhi is like the quietest guy ever, right? I mean, if you look at the Toronto situation, that was perfect for him. You know, they still had Lowry, who was like the heartbeat of the team. So Kawhi could just go and ball out. He probably didn't have to say much. The Clippers have flamed out, you know, since he's been there, basically. Um, and then the other question I have is, Everybody keeps talking about their depth and like how many good players they have. And my thing is like, that's great for the regular season. When, when playoff starts, last time I checked, you can still only have five guys on the floor at the same time. So do the Clippers have the best five man lineup in basketball? I don't think they do. I'm pretty confident that if the nuggets are down like five points to the Clippers going to the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, I think we have the better five players. Oh, well, not the way you framed it. Now I'm conflicted. <laughs> so I was going to be like, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I buy Ty Lu. You know, I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. Maybe top three, maybe. Uh, I buy, I buy Kawhi in the playoffs. I can't, you know, Paul George, it's Paul George. But at the same time, he's second fiddle. Uh, and, and I see your points about leadership. Maybe it's John Wall. Maybe he provides that like voice. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he provides the like production level that he's the star of the show in that way. But I do think he is like a personality enough that I think he has that kind of potential. 
we'll see how that that works chemistry wise and how they interact with each other and who gets hurt and who doesn't get hurt but uh that's definitely my nightmare scenario is that like wall comes in and is like the missing piece my one saving yeah. grace here is that i know john wall likes to party so he's gonna be in la so i'm just hoping that you know by the time playoffs come around he's, he's spent yeah and, and i do but i do think the nuggets have a better five-man lineup i will say that yeah but um I mean, you think the Suns are still there? I do. I mean, I hate it because I hate the Suns, but I mean, they're top. You think four. the Suns still can solid. keep DeAndre Ayton the whole season, and he's Aiden just gonna he's just gonna play? I mean, it's hard, it's impossible to predict the future, but I'm just saying today, if they're running okay. it back, that's a uh-huh. damn good team. That's fair. Um, to me, that's the clear cut top four, and then you know the Grizzlies—they were the two seed last year. Those poor guys just like fell down the ladder because they didn't really, you know, do much this offseason. I guess they traded Melton and they lost Anderson, but they re-signed Tyus Jones, so they got their main guy still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is Jaron Jackson gonna be able to take that next step? Well, he just got injured, so that hurts them. And then the other two wild cards teams that have a ton of talent are uh, Minnesota and New Orleans. So those are probably the bottom playoff teams, along with. Portland and the Lakers, and then you know Sacramento has talent. They're they're going for it too. <laughs> I was so going to say you forgot about the Kings, you know, in their the West championship aspirations. Absolutely wild. And like here's here's just what I'll say. My absolute worst case scenario is that we have to match up with either the Pelicans or the Wolves or the Grizzlies, like in the first round. One of those mm-hmm. three teams. Those those are big teams. Like they're going to beat the crap yeah. out of Jokic. So even if we get through that, if we have to play another one of those three next. Even if we make the West Conference Finals, now we're going to be spent if we have to like play the Warriors and we have to play those teams and they don't. Okay. Well, I mean, Bobby, I'll throw to do two two kind of separate questions. What do you think of the DeAndre Ayton situation as far as his likelihood of making it to the end of the season in good spirits? I'll say. And yeah. then, uh, how do you feel about as far as threats to the Nuggets? You know, what teams just you know, maybe they're not as talented. Maybe they are. What teams match up really well against, you know, them? Yeah. So the Aiden situation is one of the most bizarre series of events I've ever seen as a, you know, NBA fan. Um, I feel like number one pick, they don't want to pay him. I don't know why. I I really feel like the only reason why they matched the offer sheet was um, to use him as an asset to trade him, to at least get something Mm -hmm. back for him. I mean, I think it's gonna be very interesting first couple of months for Monty Williams and company dealing with that because i remember you know at the at the end of last season you know he only played i think 15 minutes in that game seven he was you know visibly frustrated i think monty williams had some comments at the, at the end of the game after that as well saying there were some like he internal did. issues or something like that um so that's gonna be a very interesting situation i i personally don't think he'll be on the team past the deadline um i think they'll find something they'll make something work um to get him out of there because that just seems like a really bizarre situation i think just knowing i think Aiden knowing in the back of his head that this franchise doesn't want him uh, it's going to linger. Um, I don't know how big of an effect that'll have on the team's play and their success. Because, like you know, Peter said, there's still you know there might be a regular season juggernaut just like last year. I think they won like what 65 games last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to play on the court, how it's going to factor on the court. But I think it's just a really odd situation. I don't think Aiden will be back in Phoenix by February. Um, well, I think he has what a year to like veto any trade he wants because of this deal, right? Correct. Yeah. It's basically uh, a one-year-long no-trade clause ability. 
yeah um i don't know it's gonna be interesting we'll see what happens um i i think in the long run this hurts our chances of getting a durant deal done which is good for us um you never know obviously but um i was you know i was content with aiden coming back seeing that news yesterday anything was better than that like potential sign and trade to brooklyn and that five team deal with mitchell and utah and i don't know so i i wasn't i was content with that um but in terms of what was your second question sorry just who like matches up with us no the you're fine yeah. uh when you're thinking about this season and the denver nuggets and the brass that they have and, and the strengths and weaknesses that they have who else in the conference do you look at as teams that match up particularly well against them mm. so i think you have to start at the top with golden state i mean we just saw i mean obviously we weren't fully healthy but you I mean you just saw what happened in that five game series um, you know, Stephen Clay bliss us to shreds. Um, same with Jordan Poole. We made Jordan Poole look like, I don't know, Ray Allen for the first three games of that series, first two games of that series. Um, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you have to keep credit where credit's due. They just, you know, they have the experience, you know, they're, they have four, four titles in that, uh, seven year span. So they obviously, you know, they've been around the block a few times. Um, and, you know, I, I think they've given Jokic some, not visible troubles, but you can tell he gets flustered and frustrated sometimes with the, you know, officiating and with Draymond on him at times. I mean, he plays, I think he plays Draymond, you know, fairly well, but, you know, there are times where he gets in his own, in his own head a little bit and gets frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I think we match up very well with the Clippers. I mean, we saw it happen in the bubble. I mean, I know it was a couple of years ago, but I mean, Jokic was visibly the best player in that series, in the series with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He was far and away the best player in that series. I mean, in that game seven, he had, I think he only had like 14 or 16 points, but he was just easily like the best player on the court. You could just tell. Kind of um, like Jamal was the second best. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, and Jamal had 40 in that game, and he was yeah, he wasn't even the best player on the court. Um, Phoenix. I mean, I think we I think we addressed some um, some of our issues from that 21 series against Phoenix when Chris Paul just that you know pick and roll we played drop coverage. He just killed us. I think when he, I think I forget what game it was he shot like eleven of twelve or I think game four yeah like twelve or thirteen from the field it was just every play down down the court he would just pick and roll drop coverage you pull up midi every time um, yeah yeah I think our perimeter defense is a little bit better now obviously we're gonna have some reinforcements coming back and um, our new additions with KCP Bruce Brown can they're gonna help with that um, I think in all the you know I look up and down all these teams and I think there's not one team I wouldn't um say it's just easily just gonna you know blow us out of the building if we're fully healthy i think we can compete with every single team in the west uh, i mean you know i think a series with memphis would be really interesting um because the, the this memphis roster up and down or just the, this buildup of this franchise reminds me a lot of the nuggets their, their whole rebuild like this last memphis team reminded me a lot of the 2019 nuggets the team that lost to portland in the semifinals they kind of came out of nowhere came a two seed in the west um, lost in the second round, just like the Nuggets did. Um, so that that series would be kind of interesting to watch. Um, like I said, I don't think there's any team out west that I'm not confident against, um, and I'm really excited to see what happens. I mean, you know, like like Peter said, it's going to be an absolute blood bloodbath in the West, like it always is. It seems like, but I mean, this team has shown. You know, this is, you know, assuming we make the playoffs, this will be our fifth playoff run already with this core. I mean, obviously Jamal and MJ were out for one or two of them, but um, I think we have the firepower, we have the experience, we have we have the tools in the roster, and obviously, you know, I think the best player in the world, or you know, one of the two best players in the world. Um, so we have all the um, I don't know forces that we need, and I think we can we can win a title. I think I think this could be the year. Right. If, 
bold take, but I think this could be the year we win the title. I don't know. It's, it takes a lot to win a title in the NBA, but I I think if everything lines up and there's some luck involved, obviously, for every you know title team, but I, I really think this could be the year if the stars align, if the stars align, so we'll see. I agree. I think we're ready. I mean, maybe the uh, DeAndre Jordan, that situation, maybe something happens there. But outside of that, I think we're pretty much, I mean, what else do we need to, to really, uh, can I really ask for? I don't think there's not a whole lot. Well, you want a better backup center. I think we all do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 yes, please. I mean, I have not seen DeAndre Jordan play yet. I, I'm waiting. I'm reserving judgment. You know what I mean? I don't want to go in too hard when we haven't seen him in a situation where, you know, maybe he's been on teams that are a little more star heavy than he's used, than are best for him. You know, maybe he's been in some situations with some players that aren't exactly the best teammates. But maybe he just can't play. We'll see. But I think either way, you know, that'll work itself out, whether they need to go out and find an upgrade, because I think even then, you know, talking about being ready, they can, they still have that traded player exception. Uh, they still have enough assets that I think they can make a move for another backup center if they need one. Uh, if they can't bring Kamigate over. Yeah. And, you know, I think they'll work that out. And it doesn't seem, I haven't seen this reported anywhere, but it still wouldn't shock me if that last two-way spot doesn't go to arms and goes to an actual big instead of a wing. So I actually think that would make more sense. I mean, whether it's Kamigate or not, it sounds like it won't be. It sounds like they like him enough to where they want him to stay in France one more year because the way it was explained to me is then they have team control on him for even longer. So... That's kind of shitty for him, uh, but yeah, just bring him yeah. over. Like he's ready. Yeah, he's ready. I mean, come I on, mean, Ray. You know where I'm at. Like in the uh, immediate postseason podcast, I was super down, but uh, I, I I think the Nuggets nailed the offseason, so I'm really optimistic. I'm happy about that, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to go to any crazy predictions yet, just because I just want to see it. I just want to see it for half a season. I want to see it healthy and together and clicking. And, you know, I think Malone had some really interesting comments the other day saying, you know, Jamal's not going to play heavy minutes right off the bat, which makes me kind of like wonder how is this going to work? Is he going to save him for crunch time or is Bones going to play crunch time or is Bones just going to play a lot, you know, in the middle of the game? Like if Bones is getting more minutes and playing really well, when, when you start ramping up Jamal's minutes, what is ha- what happens to Bones? Like, I just have a lot of questions now what it's going to look like. I mean, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be an injury along the way. That usually happens, like, every year, and that could clear up some of that. But I know I know what you're saying, though. Um, yeah, yeah, knock on wood, of course. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, because we have a lot of dynamic dynamics, uh, scoring power with our guards. You know, Jamal and Bones is quite the dynamic um, scoring duo right there. So, and like I said, I'm really excited to see them in lineups together. I think that'd be, that could be really, really intriguing, really fun to watch. Um, you know, I can already see them, you know, them each hitting like four threes in the same quarter and just Pepsi, or, uh, ball arena going crazy. I can just see games That's like that already. So, my hot city, baby. Yeah, I can't you, wait for that. That smells like a blowout. <laughs> in a good way this time. Uh, before we wrap up, 
So Jokic playing um, in EuroLeague this year, how do you feel like that's gonna impact his, do you feel like he's gonna come in, you know, we were talking about Jamal playing limited minutes, Mike playing limited minutes maybe. Do you think that will also be true? I'm not gonna say he's gonna be on a restriction or anything, but do you think maybe he takes some time off or do you think maybe he cuts back a little bit or, or how do you think that that uh, hashes out? I mean, I think it can go, you know, with Jokic, it can go a couple separate ways. I mean, we've seen off seasons, you know, where he come into media day and he looks, you know, 20 pounds overweight. So I think him, um, you know, getting some more, you know, run this summer can, you know, help his conditioning a little bit, come back in for the NBA season a little bit, you know, in better condition. But on the other end of that, you know, his, he could have more under his legs and he could be a little bit more fatigued. As the season goes on, I mean... At this point, I mean, you know, the agenda is all, all set for me. I mean, he has two MVPs. I mean, he can rest as long as he wants. He can take off as many games as he wants as long as, uh, you know, we're not the 10th seed by January. I mean, he can – he wants to take off back-to-backs. It's fine with me. I mean, if you want, you know, I, I wouldn't be upset if you want a third-trade MVP. But, you know, um, I think obviously we want to – I think we just want to have him ready for April, May, and June if we get there. So, um, yeah. I feel like he could take off, like, the first two months of the season, and I wouldn't yeah. be mad. I don't you know. know. He's, he's earned it after the roster he's had to play with for the last couple of years. He's earned it. So, yeah, no, that's how I feel as well. And I feel like he's also earned like the right and opportunity to play for his own country. I think, you know, as we've, we've had the the blessing of, of having Jokic pretty much year round. And I think uh, both he and his country deserves some of that love. So and I, and I remember in the, the 2016 Olympics, he was going toe to toe with the with Demarcus Cousins when he was you know prime bogey. I remember King, watching that yeah. game, and I was oh, that was a, that was a great game. I was kind of rooting for Serbia, even though you know. No, yeah, I think it's going to be a Nuggets community thing that we're. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, how much do we care about USA basketball? I mean, I we care, but like not that much, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 we feel pretty we're comfortable with ourselves and where we are on the international basketball stage. So, so I think there will be a lot of uh, Serbian support in Denver, I think, and, and around the community as a whole. Ray, I want to say, even though I know I was just cautiously optimistic, I have a super optimistic uh, positive outcome for the question you just posed, which is lay it on. Hopefully, me. hopefully we actually blow some teams out this year. And then Jokic yeah. can just rest in the fourth quarter. How about that? That would be nice. If we could just, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to see him play like 70 games, you know, but how outside times, of that, you know, at least, at least, you know, get some rest, get some. How many times some, did we see him come out, dominate the first quarter? We're up like double digits before first commercial break comes out of the game. And by the time he has to come back, the bench is giving it all right back. Yeah. I'm having flashbacks as you say that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so it should be good. Hopefully they can survive with him off of the court. You know, I think that that backup center conversation is going to become a little bit more relevant to that. Uh, But I'm optimistic that they can work something out and and kind of be capable, whether whoever it might be at at that spot. So, I mean, that's still the bench when he was playing, right? I mean... There's not many players in the league that can guard him, so let him cook. Yeah, yeah. I actually liked Mike a little bit more than Jamal, actually, as far as, like, a guy who can carry a bench unit. Uh, but I think... Now he's got busy. <laughs> right. He'll have a little bit more support, I think. 
so that that's uh, gonna wrap for us. Again, uh, we are here with Bobby Meyer, and we it's been uh, great having you on, and we hope to have you back again soon. And this has been uh, for Peter and myself, Ray. This has been Four Corners. As always, go Nuggets. <laughs>